Welcome everyone to Fantasy Foresight, the podcast. We're your hosts and co-founders of FantasyForesight.com, coming to you from the Rambo Fixture Company Studios. I'm Ben. And I'm Jay. You ready to get rolling, Jay? You know it. Let's do this. All right, let's go. Welcome in, everyone. It is Wednesday, November 25th. We've got our guy Steve at FF underscore Encyclopedia back with us. We've got a whole new list of buys and sells versus their aggregate projections heading into week 12. Then we'll round out the episode with Steve's speculative stashes and stash and dash strategy. And once again, Fantasy Foresight, the podcast is live. How you doing tonight, Jay? Ben, it's Thanksgiving Eve. I'm here recording with you guys and broadcasting and really enjoying that. We're on the home stretch of the fantasy football season in most leagues. We're heading into the second of two, I'm sorry, the two final weeks of the regular season before the playoffs. So it is crunch time. You know, I talked about last week how it's been, it's been a grind this season. And, uh, you know, it's starting to get uh, – the, the excitement is starting to build a little bit now that we're getting closer to the end. I'm getting a little bit uh, energized and reinvigorated, so I'm ready to go, man. I'm ready to go. Happy Thanksgiving to you guys. Steve, how are you doing tonight? Oh, very well. Just like you said, Jay, we're on the eve of Thanksgiving. And, um, hey, you know, uh, for everyone listening, uh, I'm sure I speak for both Ben and Jay. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Um, hey, you all have a safe, healthy, happy holiday tomorrow filled with uh, all the food you can eat, all the football you can watch. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to have all my favorite sweatpants tomorrow. That's all I have to say. So. Absolutely. And Steve, don't you're, you're being way too courteous to the crowd. Everybody, don't be dumb. Be smart. Be responsible. Yeah, amen to that. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Uh, and in our new one week, epi- one episode per week format, uh, we're just going to quickly go over our picks from last week. Uh, Steve and Jay led the way with eight and two out of our Ooh. 10 buys and sells last week. Finally, Side and I came in at seven and three. Uh, so, you know, it's uh, it's I got to be honest, it's a it's a very good year for total foresight's accuracy on these buys and sells in the podcast on the season right now. Total foresight sits at 77 and 52. Uh, I am just behind that at 75 and 54. Then we've got Steve at 72 and 57 and Jay bringing up the rear at 60 and 69. Uh, so, you know, like you said, you all you can control is what's in front of you and you you led the week last week so hopefully you can do that again and uh you're gonna have to take a little bit more chances if you want to catch up over these last few weeks of the season all i'm focused on is a late season surge and having success across the board so it's it started last week and it's going to continue on through the playoffs let's go well, right or wrong, I know we're all going to agree, agree on this first guy, but quick disclaimer before we get started. If, if this is your first time listening, just know that we're speaking in terms of single QB full PPR redraft by default, and all of our fantasy finishes as well as fantasy points per game calculations are all based on full PPR limited to weeks 1 through 16, according to fantasypros.com. Our first of five buys of the week is LA Chargers quarterback Justin. Why did you cut your hair, Herbert? Uh <laughs> The Chargers are on the road at Buffalo uh, Sunday at one o'clock. I do not know how this is possible, but we are seeing an aggregate projection for Justin Herbert this week as QB 24. 
Uh, we are buying that aggregate projection because Total Foresight has this guy currently as QB6. He has the fourth best quarterback foresight strength of schedule this week. And at Pro Football Focus, you can see that he has the ninth worst pass block grade. And I will say his best wide receiver defensive back matchup grade rank this week is just 36th, and that's Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen, though, has been on a tear and unstoppable lately, so I don't really care what that matchup rank is. I still expect a big day from Keenan Allen. And uh, Hunter Henry has the 12th best tight end matchup grade this week, so he does have a little bit of opportunity there with his tight end. The weather's going to be a non-factor. Plain and simple, I have no clue how Herbert is projected as quarterback 24 this week. He's been a fantasy baller for a rookie quarterback, and I expect this week to be no different. Buy for me, for sure. Yeah, you know what? This is one where I have to admit that I was wrong coming into the season. I I did not think Justin Herbert was going to amount to much in the NFL. And, uh, and so far, he has proven me completely wrong. As you said, Ben, he has torn it up this year. Ever since he started, really, he's produced from the, from the fantasy side. The first game, he threw for over 300 yards, and he's almost eclipsed that mark in just about every game he's been in so far. So... You know, our I like to trust our strength of schedule metric, the foresight strength of schedule, which which combines the the team's offensive trend, how they're playing offensively versus the defense they're going up against. And when you're the fourth best right now, I can see why Total Foresight has him ranked so high. So compared to an aggregate projection of QB twenty four, this is an easy buy for me as well. Yeah, Jay. I mean, you just talked about how you know he. Herbert's been lighting it up since he entered the starting lineup. And uh, even sitting out week one, I mean, he's on pace to shatter the rookie record for passing touchdowns and passing yardage, which is, you know, obviously highly impressive. The fact that he is the fantasy asset that he is, is a rookie quarterback. And yeah, I think, you know, I wasn't necessarily high or low on the guy, but none of us could have seen this coming. And if anyone said they did, they're lying. So, um, you know, I could see where it's a, it's a long road trip. They're on, you know, they're going on the road to play Buffalo. Buffalo's coming off a bye. I could see where maybe he could have like, you know, stub his toe a little bit, but stubbing his toe for me is putting him into the low end QB one conversation. So that well eclipses QB 24. So yeah, we're going to buy that one. Yeah, and on top of the points that you made, Steve, he also is doing what he's doing coming off of a very unique COVID offseason where Tyrod Taylor was getting all the first team reps. And, uh, you know, now that we've seen how good Justin Herbert is, I would be willing to bet that that doctor accidentally stabbed <laughs> lung, uh, because clearly this is the right thing for this football team i love tyrod taylor he gets a raw deal and it, he would have to have what happened happen to him uh in order for him to you know lose his starting job once again so i digress justin herbert outstanding rookie we didn't see this coming uh like and even if he has a bad week like steve said he's not going to come anywhere near qu- quarterback 24 so right or wrong there's going to be no change in the rankings this week because we all agree on that one. And our next buy of the week is running back for the Arizona Cardinals, Chase Edmonds. The Cardinals Cardinals are at the New England Patriots Sunday at 1 p.m. Arizona is a two and a half point favorite with an over under of 49 and a half. And Chase Edmonds still, you guys, is just aggregate projection 
RB34 this week. Total Foresight is buying that. We have him as a back-end RB2, ranked as RB22. I mean, this guy feels like James White from a couple of seasons ago, where almost every week we're buying him because he's getting completely disrespected. The Cardinals running backs have the second-best Foresight strength of schedule this week, and at Pro Football Focus, they have the 14th-ranked run run block grade, that offensive line, versus their opposing defensive line, and the weather's a non-factor, and there have now only been two times all season where Chase Edmonds has failed to exceed double-digit PPR points. RB34 is playing disrespectful compared to what this guy's uh, been able to consistently accomplish. This is another easy buy for me. Man, uh, this one's a little bit tougher for me. Just, you know, RB22 should be very simple to eclipse. You know what? Just it's because RB34, though. Oh, you're right. You're right. Um, uh, it should be easy to eclipse. And we've looked at what the RB production has been like this season. So even if he has a, a lower than his normal, which his normal, you know, he's bounced between at least in our league of record, between you know the 12-point range and the 22-point range, and he hasn't put back-to-back 22-point games together so far this season, and he's coming off a nice 22-point game. So you would think that he'd have a little bit regression in the scoring side uh, for fantasy. So, But even if that's the case, RB34, I mean, we've seen what people have done right now at the RB spot. So yeah, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to reluctantly buy this one. I would love to see the Cardinals pound the Patriots and just pound the rock and just beat them while they're down. Uh, so I hope that happens. Oh, Jay, you got to take some risks. if you're. I know, man. <laughs> I know. Um, Are you? But, I mean, I'm not that far behind, but, uh, <laughs> but I mean, in, in all seriousness though, yeah, this, this is one I, I can't sell. Um, you know, we've, we've talked about it for a couple of weeks now. It's not in the current running back landscape that hard to eclipse running back 34 on the week. Um, you know, and I know there's no teams on by this week actually in the NFL. So, you know, we're going to have 32 quote unquote, like starting running backs, but a lot of those are in timeshares. They're on garbage offenses. You know, this is a good explosive offense chase Edmonds. it's very clear with the touches he's getting week to week like the arizona cardinals they're using him he has a role in the offense and he's looked good um kenyan drake's not getting it done and at the end of the day new england their d is not special this season you can run the ball all over new england they are very weak against the run and then we also have to consider kyler murray's shoulders banged up um so it would be definitely in the Cardinals' best interest to find a way to utilize the running backs maybe a little more heavily than they usually would. So all those things kind of factor in for me as uh, uh, just being an easy buy. So I know it's boring because now we're all in agreement, two for two, but um, I, I have a feeling it's going to get a little dicey here coming up. Here's my oh. concern, though. Last week, Chase Edmonds had two carries and four catches on four targets. That's it. Six touches on offense. Now, they were playing the Seahawks. I get that. And you maybe tend to throw the ball more against Seattle. But it was a tight 28-21 game. So, you know, that usage, it just it took a dip last Did, week. Would you like little... to sell? Would you like to sell? You can sell. Fine. You know what? I'm selling. <laughs> Fine. I'm a man. I'm almost 40. I'll sell. 
Yes, you are. I'm not yes, backing you are. down. On both accounts. Congratulations. <laughs> uh, like I said, only two times all season has he failed to score double-digit PPR points. If he does that this week, he's going to beat RB34. But, yes, you got to take those risks, Jay, and I appreciate that. Uh, we'll see if we can – and real quick before we move on, Steve, you made a good point about uh, you know all of us agreed and everything. I will say, having as good of a record as I do and being the one to put these lists together, I definitely try as hard as I can to make it so that you ha- almost feel like you have to go chalk. Uh, you know, so, <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we'll we'll see if we get much variance down the stretch. Uh, I digress once again. Our next buy this week, uh, we've got a couple of teammates. Oh, the wide receivers of the Houston Texans oh, got Brandon Cooks and Will Fuller back to back. The Texans are at Detroit tomorrow at 1230 p.m. That's right. We have early football tomorrow, gentlemen. Uh, the Texans mm-hmm. are a three point favorite with an over under a 51 and a half. The aggregate projection for Brandon Cooks is wide receiver 25. Total foresight is buying that. We have him just a, t- a tick higher at wide receiver 19. The Texans wide receivers are the fifth best foresight strength of schedule and the 11th best pass block grade this week. Now, Brandon Cooks individual wide receiver defensive back matchup grade is just 31st. Uh, but you know what? I don't think that's going to matter because the Texans have been three and three since the firing of Bill O'Brien and Deshaun look- Watson has looked like Deshaun Watson once again. Plus, Kenny Stills and Randall Cobb are both out, so there should be plenty of targets for Cooks, and he has been wide receiver 11 in fantasy points per game since week five. You know, So, like I said, that's in alignment with when Bill O'Brien left. So, I mean, it seems pretty consistent now, and uh, you know, it's got to be another buy for me. You know, we have teammates coming up, and they're playing Detroit, who's just putrid right now. I mean, that offense is nothing without Kenny Galladay, and, uh, you know, ah, man, I, I just, I don't want to bet on both guys exceeding expectations. That feels way too dicey for me, because I just, I don't think Houston's going to have to throw the ball a ton to beat Detroit. Now, they don't have a real big running game right now either, so it's going to be interesting to see, so... Man, which guy gets it done? Um, I'm gonna, you know what? I'm gonna sell Brandon Cooks and I'll buy our next receiver. But I, I, hey, real quick, Steve, I have to say the early start time does remind me how much I miss the London games, and I never thought I'd ever say that. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. A lot of times they were garbage matchups, and they were really sad games to watch. But at the same point, you're like. I get to like wake up, take care of a few things around the house, and ooh, football's Boom. on already. Coffee yes. and football, I love it. it, it exactly. It, even the smallest, slight chance of fantasy relevance in those games was yeah. a, a, a true gift. Um, yeah, I, I kind of echo a lot of what you said, Jay. Uh, Detroit, we saw some of the injury reports. Galladay is going to be out. Swift's questionable. I mean, you still have Stafford. You know, there's just a lot of guys banged up on that offense. Um, We saw them get shut out by what a lot of people consider a terrible offense with the Carolina Panthers. Um, So, yeah, you don't think that Houston's going to have to do a lot. So, you know, initially when I was looking at this list, I thought, ugh how can I buy both of those guys? But then I'm like, but you know what? Houston can't run the ball. They can't. I know. Their line's terrible. Um, So it's like, you know, and to get to wide receiver 25, he doesn't have to do, you know, like a a lot. (laughs) He's teetering. He's teetering. Uh, Which way is it going to go? 
You got to make a decision. Betty, you, you, okay, yes. You, you make a lot of – you present a good argument. I – and Brandon Cooks, he has um, – he's been balling out lately. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and buy Brandon Cooks hitting right. that wide receiver. He'll finish as a wide receiver too this week, and I do believe that. So that puts him over the top. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, we've already alluded to his teammate, Will Fuller. He, he only has to be an aggregate projection of wide receiver 29 and total foresight likes him one spot better than Brandon Cooks at wide receiver 18. You know, again, very nice overall strength of schedule at the wide receiver position, fifth best. But the difference here is Will Fuller's individual uh, wide receiver defensive back matchup grade at pro football focus is ranked sixth overall this week. Uh, and Will Fuller has been wide receiver 18 in fantasy points per game since Bill O'Brien's firing. And he has an outstanding individual matchup this week. This is an easy buy for me versus that aggregate projection of wide receiver 29. And Ben, this is why I decided to to roll the dice with Will Fuller beating his aggregate projection of WR29. First of all, I get a little bit more room. He's WR29 versus Cooks, WR25. Total Foresight likes him a spot better than Cooks, so I like that disparity. And then, as you mentioned, he's got the sixth best DB matchup this week as compared to Brandon Cooks' 31st ranked matchup. So all those I like better across the board, so... God, as, as painful as it may be to roll the dice and put your hopes on Will Fuller, I'm going to do it this week, and I'm going to go ahead and buy. You know, it, if I'm buying Brandon Cooks for all the same reasons, I feel like I have to also buy Will Fuller. I really want to have some variance with you tonight, Ben, but, you know, hopefully we'll get there. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and buy. And w- one thing I do also like about this game and I think is worth noting is, you know, they're going to be playing in the Met- – uh, gosh um the silver dome the metrodome divisional opponent but they're going to be playing you know in a dome indoors uh and i really do feel like that suits the speed that both cooks and fuller has and also um deshaun watson too so it's just one of those things where i'm you know i'm just like even if the game is only 23 to 7 low scoring you know when you consider both teams there's still going to be enough meat on the bone for both Cooks and Fuller to finish Steve, his WR2s. You, you just you just jinxed it for me. Now the turf monster is going <laughs> to jump up and grab Will Fuller and pull his hamstring right out of his body just to make you me know, wrong. There's always you, that chance, but <laughs> And Jay, you need to have a little bit more comfortability with Will Fuller this season at this point. You're talking about a guy who is wide receiver 19 overall and wide receiver 18 in fantasy points per game through 11 weeks of the NFL season. This has been his most durable, most consistent fantasy season season yet and wide receiver 29 I mean the answer versus the Detroit Lions is yes not either or it is all of the above Ben listen (laughs) these wounds have healed the scars still are still remain (laughs) well we'll see we'll we'll see what you have to say about this next one we're going back to Jay's home team and that's the Philadelphia Eagles this week Uh, we have got their tight end Dallas Goddard Uh, the Eagles are at home versus Seattle on Monday night football the Seahawks are a six-point favorite and there's an over under a 50 and a half in that game the aggregate projection for Dallas Goddard is just tight end 16 at an awful tight end position total foresight is buying that we have him listed as tight end 11 this week and he has the second best foresight strength of schedule 
Carson Wentz has the third best pass block grade this week, that offensive line versus the opposing D line. And, and, uh, Dallas Goddard himself has the 12th ranked tight end matchup grade this week. There is supposed to be steady rain according to the weather channel app on Monday, but, uh, you know, we've got a few days before Monday. We'll see if that holds up. And, uh, we have learned that Zach Ertz will play in week 12. Uh, but, you know, there was some uncertainty around it. So to me, that suggests he's still not yet back to 100%. And he wasn't playing too, too well prior to his injury, anyways. And the tight end position overall is still god awful. And Goddard is still good. And I expect a get right game for Seattle. So Philly may well be playing from behind early and often versus that aggregate projection of tight end 16. It's a buy for me. Uh, Philly will be playing from behind early and often, so that's that's no doubt. Um, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, Seattle's defense isn't great. You know, there it's it should be a it should be a decently high scoring game if Philly can move the ball and actually get into the end zone. And I would think that if if they're going to do it. It could be this game. The rain concerns me a little bit, but if that's the case, then they're not going to be pushing the ball downfield a ton, and they'll be looking to those intermediate routes where Goddard likes to feast. So, you know, I I think his spot on the field may be the safest of any of the pass catchers this weekend against a team where they should score points. So tight end 16 again. I mean, we've seen it like everything makes sense. I know Dalton Schultz had a game where it like it was all there and he finished with like one catch for four yards. Um, but it's all there. And, and you know, even if Ertz is back, you know, I think that just maybe helps their passing attack, take some yes. pressure off Goddard in the middle of the field. So, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and buy him at tight end 16. The, the needle definitely gets moved a little bit for me, knowing that Ertz is going to be active. Um obviously Goddard's still going to see targets, um, but they are going to be cut into a little bit anyways. Uh, but I think for me, I'm going to go ahead. You know, I, I gotta have, I'd rather call a shot going against trying to catch up with Benny on a buy than I would a fancy foresight sell. Um, so we'll get to those, but I, I'm going to go ahead and sell Dallas Goddard this week. Um, and, and a lot of, I'd say the main reason for it, you know, we don't know, you know, the weather might play a role into it. And I, I do think that game script wise, Carson West going to have to throw the ball a lot. So, you know, there's going to be targets all over the place, but the Seattle Seahawks are when it comes to opposing wide receivers. Now, granted, I know the Philadelphia Eagles don't really have a lot of impressive names to speak of in that regard, but if there's a way you're going to beat Seattle through the air, it's definitely on the perimeter. It's with those wide receivers. You know, they, they do have for what it's worth, Jamal Adams lurking out there at safety. Um, he can kind of eat up and eliminate a lot of that midfield, you know, that intermediate midfield production that you'll see out of tight ends. And I think that's a reason why Seattle hasn't, they haven't really been, I, I think they're one of the top teams against tight ends this season, actually. So I'm going to go ahead and sell. The thing that makes me nervous about it, though, is tight end 16. We've seen it. I'm pretty sure Goddard could catch three balls for 41 yards and probably finish his tight end 12 this week. So, um, but yeah, I'll go ahead and sell. That's going to be where I'm calling my shot this week. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you make a good point about Jamal Adams and they are one of the, you know, lower uh, scored upon defenses from the tight end position in the Seattle Seahawks defense. But Jay, 
you know, Goddard doesn't, I, I, the Eagles don't have to win for Goddard to play well. And Steve, to your point, I think it's just going to be a, an attrition thing where it may not come until garbage time, but uh, because it's that tight end 16 and because I expect it's just going to be drive after drive of behind, behind, behind for the Philadelphia Eagles, I think eventually, maybe not till late in the game, he will crack that tight end 16. Um, so that does it for our buys this week. And now we have five sells for you heading into the week. Uh, you know, we had one pair of teammates in our buys this week. We've got two pairs of teammates Ooh. in our sells this week. Uh, first up, we've got Baltimore Ravens quarterback, Lamar Jackson. The Ravens are at Pittsburgh. Uh, it was going to be on Thursday night football, but now I believe it's going to be Sunday at one fifteen. Uh, check that. I know it's on Sunday. Yeah. I think it's in the early slot. Pittsburgh is a five and a half point favorite with an over under of 44 and a half with all these COVID concerns for the Ravens. They're not practicing a lot this week. And yet Lamar Jackson is still aggregate projection, ag- aggregate projected QB four total foresight is selling that we actually have Lamar as QB 17 this week. He has the fifth worst quarterback foresight strength of schedule at pro football focus. His offensive line has the worst pass block grade this week. And check this out. 69th, 89th, and 93rd. Those are Lamar Jackson's wide receivers defensive back matchup grades. The best one is 69th. Uh, now, Mark Andrews does have the, the 10th best tight end matchup grade, uh, you know, but I don't think that's going to be enough. Uh, the Weather Channel says it's going to be a not, the weather's going to be a non factor. And Lamar Jackson is now just QB9 on the season for a guy that you probably drafted at the back end of your first, top of your second. Uh, and this week, he travels to Pittsburgh and that nasty defense in a divisional rivalry game. The combination of that worst ranked pass block grade and his awful wide receiver DB matchups make it difficult for me to see how, why he's projected to be QB four this week. Definite sell for me. You know, I, I mentioned that uh, Justin Herbert proved me completely wrong heading into this season. I got to say, I feel like I was kind of right about Lamar Jackson. You know, he was one of the bigger disappointments this season. And, you know, there were accuracy issues. Sure, he had games where he was on, but he also had a lot of games where his accuracy was a big question mark. And, you know, Ben alluded to in our preview podcast how he avoided big hits for the large part of last season. Well, you know, the magic man's not so magical this season, and his team isn't as dominant as they were last season because of it. So, you know, it's been a down year for Lamar, and I I just can't see him having one of his best games of the season against Pittsburgh on the road, a divisional game. These two teams know each other well. There's not going to be any big surprises. I mean, for him to have a massive game when his wide receivers, who that wide receiving core is very, you know, it, it's it's mediocre and they have terrible matchups. So I, I just I can't see him getting it done, especially against a QB4 aggregate projection. No way. Yeah, I, I have to sell this one too. I mean, the, the matchup's brutal. Um, Lamar Jackson, he's clearly struggling this season as a passer, and we've heard him. You know, we've we, we've heard him and other Baltimore Ravens uh, offensive players come out and be like, "Hey, we feel like defenses are calling out the plays like before we even snap the ball." And um, you know, I think it's kind of almost like a little bit of a yet another cautionary tale when it comes to you know. Um, 
you know, a quarterback that kind of explodes on the scene like Lamar Jackson did and had the kind of, you know, rushing season that he had that, well, you know, teams, I guess, are able to figure that out when they have an entire year worth of film on a player. Um, You know, and I I think with a lot of people, what made us think that, you know, Lamar Jackson might be a little bit different is he threw the ball with such efficiency and accuracy last season that you just thought, hey – he's going to be able to continue to run the ball and put defenses in a compromised position with his arm because of what he also offered with his legs. But we have just not seen it this season. Uh, One of fantasy's biggest disappointments um, without a doubt. And yeah, so, um, but to circle back around to the beginning of that. Yeah, I definitely um, am am selling this one too. I, I just don't see a path to finishing anywhere close to quarterback four. Uh, will he get it done with his legs and finishes like a low end quarterback one? Yeah, that's kind of what we're seeing, you know, um, more weeks than not. So, but <laughs> not quarterback four. Right. Yeah. And definitely not versus this Pittsburgh defense. Mm-hmm. Um, next up, we have got a pair of running backs from Kansas City. One is just like it, it was a normative uh, criteria for me to pick a buy or sell in a week. The other is just getting out of hand and we'll get to that in a second uh first up we've got kansas city chiefs running back clyde edwards Hilaire. uh the chiefs are at tampa bay sunday at 425 the chiefs are a three and a half point road favorite the over under in this game is sky high at 55 and a half the aggregate projection for clyde edwards clyde edwards Hilaire this week ceh is rb5 Total Foresight likes him as RB17, a middle-of-the-road RB2, so we are selling that RB5 projection because you know he has the third-worst running back Foresight strength of schedule this week. Uh, the, the, um, the Chiefs offensive line have the 18th-ranked run block grade this week, and you know the weather's going to be a non-factor down there in Tampa Bay. It's going to be in the 80s. Uh, CEH has <laughs> – I know, right? CEH has been a top-five fantasy running back just two times this season. Simply put, this week versus that Tampa Bay defense will not be the third sell for me. Um, yeah, you know what? I'm with you. I really like Total Foresight's rank of rank of RB17. You know, a rock solid RB2 performance in this matchup. I feel like is is a nice result. You know, you would you you'd be fine with that on your team. Um, so uh, just RB5 is too high of a price point. I think you kind of laid it out really well, Ben. A high scoring game, uh, you know, is going to lead to more passing. You've got terrible metrics on the on the matchup grades. So yeah, I'm gonna sell as well. Yeah, absolute sell. So, um Tampa Bay has given up the fewest yards per game on the ground at 73 yards even on the season. Yep. Um so I, I mean CEH could get in the end zone this game and he's still not gonna come close to hitting RB five. He's going to have to get a lot of work and get a lot done. And I just don't see it happening yep. to, to eclipse that high of a finish. I try to minimize the, you know, personal anecdotes about our <laughs> league of record and things of that nature, but I can personally attest to the, uh, the, the stout run stopping ability of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, because all I needed from uh, Mr. Daryl Henderson versus the Buccaneers uh, was for him to eclipse you know, like seven rushing yards. He got five. 
got five. It was great. Uh, so, yeah, it's a very stout run defense over there in Tampa Bay. And RB5, even on the Chiefs, is just a little bit too aggressive. And now what is out of hand is his running back teammate, Le'Veon Bell. Uh, Lev Bell, for some reason now, is the aggregate projected RB17. Jay, you mentioned with CEH, you think RB17 is an outstanding rank for total foresight to have for CEH this week versus that very tough Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. Yep. For some reason, everybody else out there thinks that we should be having uh, Le'Veon Bell at RB17 because he got in the end zone last week. Total Foresight is emphatically selling that. Uh, we have him as RB52. Again, the third worst running back strength of schedule this week. Just the 18th ranked run block grade. Uh, and Lev Bell finally got in the end zone and finished as RB24 last week versus an aggregate projection of RB23. It was his best fantasy game of the season. Listen to this. Eight total touches for 36 yards and a touchdown. Without that touchdown, he'd have been running back 44. So now he's projected as running back 17. Why? How? I mean, I just, there's no way for me. I'm selling this. Uh, no, I'm with you. Uh, you know, I, he has not done it with consistency at all. So why would you expect me to think that he's going to all of a sudden start turning in these performances week after week? There's no chance. I'm selling. I mean, RB seventeen's the same as yeah. saying he's an RB two in fantasy lineups. Right, um, a must start. Ridiculous, right? Absolutely. And when it comes down to it, I think we would all agree. Like, if if there's someone or something, you know, a DST, a quarter, whatever the case may be, somebody you need to pick up and stash and stream, you can drop Lev Bell. Yeah, right. He's he's. Wow. I mean. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at this point in time, he's he's one of he falls into that valuable um, backup running back kind yes. of conversation, just like your Alexander Madison's and your Tony Pollard's and your Chase. Well, actually, Chase Edmonds to me presents a, a lot better standalone More like value. A this, hunt. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, RB seventeen definitely laughable, and um, you know, <laughs> for all the same reasons why I would sell Ceh, uh, you can amplify that times ten for selling uh, Love Bell in this one. Yeah, like I said, I mean, I went through the normal process and, and saw CEH, and then right next to him as his teammate, I'm seeing Lev Bell. I was like, that can't be right. Checked it four times. It was. So he makes the list two weeks in a row. That's how it works around here. Uh, next up, we've got two more cells for you this week. We've got Tennessee Titans wide receiver A.J. Brown. The Titans are on the road at that tough Indianapolis Colts defense Sunday at 1 p.m. Indy is a three-and-a-half-point home favorite. Uh, there's an over-under of 51 points this game. The aggregate projection for A.J. Brown this week is wide receiver 18. Total foresight is selling that. We currently have him as wide receiver 25, partially because he has the worst Wide receiver foresight strength of schedule heading into week 12. At Pro Football Focus, you can see that he has the eighth worst pass block grade, his offensive line versus that opposing defensive line. And he himself has just the 28th ranked wide receiver defensive back matchup grade. Uh, they're in a dome, so weather's a non-factor. I will say this, since week five, A.J. Brown has put up 12 or more PPR points in all but one game and has been wide receiver 18 or better four of seven times in that span. I'm getting cued on this one and gambling that A.J. will have a big play or two that pushes him over the hump. I'm actually going to go against total foresight this week and buy A.J. Oh, Brown versus an aggregate on. projection of wide receiver 18. You're Not stealing my thunder. Me, fellas. No, sir. <laughs> 
All right, yeah, look, the Colts' defense is good, but when if you go back to when the Browns played them many weeks ago, the Browns put up 32 points on that Colts' defense, and since then, the Colts' defense has given up 27 to Cincinnati, 21 to Detroit, 24 to Baltimore, 17 to the Titans, and 31 to the Packers. So teams can score against this defense. And if this team is going to score against that defense, A.J. Brown is certainly going to be a part of it. So, you know, I I am a big A.J. Brown fan. I think he's talented as hell. And, you know, listen, we, we I just told you how teams can score against the Colts. So I expect the Tennessee Titans' efficient offense to score against the Colts. And I think A.J. Brown probably gets into the end zone. So I'm going to buy against his aggregate projection of WR18. I I really don't like selling A.J. Brown any given week just because, um, well, <laughs> we've all seen it happen too many times in his brief NFL career. Um, it. it it just takes him one or two grabs in a game to finish in that wide receiver two, high end wide receiver two uh, conversation for any given week. However, they just, you know, the Titans and the Colts just played each other. You know, it'll be uh, not this past Thursday night, but the one previous. He had four targets, caught one for 21 yards. Um, obviously, that's. No, nothing uh, right. worth noting as far as his performance, but then he's only been targeted 11 times the past couple of weeks, but he had, I believe he has four or five drops in those 11 targets. So I don't know what's going on with him. We saw the one actually um, on that same Thursday night football game. He should have had a long touchdown from Tannehill and just straight up dropped it um, down the sideline. But so for those reasons, I'm willing to gamble the other way. Um, but Will I be surprised at all if he he could catch three balls for a bucko one, a touchdown or two, and be right there? So, um, but I'm happy we have a little bit of a disagreement. So I'm going to go yeah, ahead and sell for sure. And you make the, those are two very good points. I will say that both of those things kind of make me think that he's due. You know, I don't think the drops are going to last, and sure. uh, you know, I I just uh, I, I think the target should go up for him. And you know, this is one where if if I'm wrong, you know, it, it'll be a total foresight win, and that'll be very understandable. It's just um, you know, it, it's a very up and down fantasy season, and I just feel like he's due for a big game. So moving on to our last sell of the week, we have a guy that is a, a familiar face. Uh, as the tight end <laughs> sell on our podcast, and that is Baltimore Ravens tight end Mark Andrews. Like we said with his quarterback, Lamar Jackson, he is on the road at Pittsburgh, uh, you know, Sunday in the early slot. Uh, Pittsburgh's a, a favorite by five and a half, not a very high over under at 44 and a half. The aggregate projection for Mark Andrews is tight end two. Uh, you have to manage your expectations this week. Total Foresight has him as, as a very definite locked and loaded starter at tight end six. But the difference between tight end two and tight end six is pretty significant. He has the second worst foresight strength of schedule at pro football focus. They have him with the worst pass block grade this week. Uh, He has the 10th best tight end matchup grade individually. Weather is going to be a non-factor. Mark Andrews is tight end three overall this season, but he's 20 points outside of second. 
and almost 80 points outside of first. <laughs> he is an every week starter for sure, but has not at all lived up to the preseason expectation of cementing himself as one of those elite fantasy tight ends. If he can somehow manage tight end two at Pittsburgh this week, I'll legit have a whole new level of respect for him, but I doubt that happens. So for me. Yeah, we've seen how volatile this position has been all season long. And just, you know, the tight end two aggregate projection that we're basing this off of is just so difficult to bank that a guy is going to finish top two at the position, especially against the Steelers defense. I, I mean, I just, it's going to be so tough. Could he do it? Sure. Maybe he'll be their lone red zone target when they get into that area of the field. But, God, just to bet on it, I can't do it, so I'm going to sell as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, he, he's actually been extremely inconsistent this season. I feel like with Andrews, he's one of those, like, feast or famine type players. And, you know, when I think of a player like that, I'd, I'd rather attack what I perceive as a good matchup. Um, and with the way his quarterback's playing right now, given the matchup, against Pittsburgh and the fact that he's actually coming off of a 20 point PPR game, the odds of him doing that again in this particular matchup. Um, I, I just don't see it happening at least, uh, you know, here's the thing. A lot of times we might sell one of these tight ends on this list, but know that we might get sniped by that touchdown. Well, tight end two, Mark Andrews can catch a touchdown. That doesn't mean he's, he's still finishing tight end too. Um, and, you know, for what it's worth, last time these two teams played, he caught three balls on six targets for 32 yards, which obviously is not going to come. I mean, that he's not going to finish as a tight end one. I mean, you know, in the top 12 as a tight end one on the week, nonetheless, the overall tight end two. So a uh, hard sell for me as well on this one. Nice. That'll do it for our week 12 buys and sells versus the aggregate projection. So, uh, you know, next up we have got, well, Jay, do you have anything else before we get into Steve's speculative stashes? Nope. I am all good, my friend. Okay, perfect. All right. We, uh, you know, this, this is a segment that you should be familiar with on our podcast. And apparently some other people have been listening to this and have implemented <laughs> this as well. Uh, you know, good job out of you, Steve. Uh, we've been doing these speculative stashes for a few years now. And uh, Steve has unveiled his stash and dra- stash and dash strategy every week. And this week, You've got to pay a little bit more attention to that stash and dash strategy because of the different time slots tomorrow. You've got, you've got your stashers for Thursday and then your stashers for the early game Sunday, your stashers for the later game Sunday, and then finally Monday night football. So if you've got some middling wide receiver four, wide receiver five, extra DST, extra quarterback, whatever sitting at the end of your bench, listen to these guys that Steve's going to talk to you about that could end up being the most coveted waiver wire targets heading into the following week. So Steve, who are your speculative stashes heading into week 12 all right uh thanks for that nice little intro benny always appreciate it uh you know i actually changed things up a little bit uh this week and a little bit different prior to last year and i'll i'll get into that i'll actually just start off this week uh going over what you just spoke about like i kind of you know a little while back i remember texting you guys and i was like guys i think you know i've I've been doing this for a while but i feel like i want to give it a name and we're like stash and dash has a nice has a nice ring to it yeah, but it uh, essentially what ben alluded to is you know you start out you go into that first game thursday at 12 30 and you just 
if you have the um, capability at the end of your bench, if you got that, like Ben said, that middling wide receiver four or five that like, let's face it, you'll never want to actually put them in your lineup. You'll do everything you can to avoid doing so. Why even clog up your bench with that guy? Like, go see, is there a backup running back on either of the teams playing that you can put into your lineup? And, or no, I'm sorry, not into your lineup, but you can throw at the end of your bench. And should the RB1 of the team, one of the teams that's playing, go down in that first game Thursday, um, what we got Detroit and Houston, probably not going to be anyone you want to roll the dice on, but still, we're just talking the overall strategy here. You might find yourself with what is somebody who's potentially like going to be like an RB two moving forward, a guy that you can plug and play moving forward because of an injury that happened before him. But the point is you stash that guy because he's not in your starting lineup. You can drop him whenever you want to prior to the start of the next game. You can do that Thursday through Thursday night. Then you can turn around and do that Sunday at one o'clock. 425 p.m. Sunday night. You can do it Monday night. Um, you know, everyone's league varies. You're gonna from league to league. Sometimes I know for me, there's certain backup running backs I can get in one league and not the other. But like I'm always, like I said, we just call it stashing and dashing. It's a fun name. It makes every game that you, especially if you picked up, you know, a backup running back, and you're like, you're not hoping for an injury, but if someone should go down, you're like, hey, hey. I have a running back I can use. And I think this season more than ever, we all could use running backs. So um, that's pretty much, you know, stash and dash and nuts, a nutshell. And um, I do want to say what I kind of changed up as far as my post this week, you know, cause I, I admittingly, I really struggled to find guys that I thought outside of just backup running backs that, are stashable this late in the season, because let's face it, I think we would all agree we're at a point in time in our seasons where we, we got to win games. We either, we either need to win to make the postseason or we need to win because we're trying to secure a high seed so we can get a bye in the first round of our fantasy playoffs. Um, whatever your situation is, these are critical weeks. So, you know, I think sometimes as fantasy managers, we might get a little blind you know, a little blinded, hyper-focused on just winning the week in front of us. But it's it's pretty much equally important if you think about it. Next week, even more important. And then we're in the playoffs. Obviously, we get closer and closer to a championship game. Every week's more important. So we should also always be looking ahead, always look ahead at this point in time at how you can benefit your fantasy team moving forward. So I say, you know, for me, I'm still where and when I can. I'm I'm always going to be trying to add those backup running backs and just seeing what happens. But you can always, you know, cut bait and let go when you need to. But I'm also, I know it's, I know we're only going into week 12, but I'm, I'm looking ahead at weeks 13, 14, 15, 16, just getting familiar with who my best quarterback streamers are, who my best DST streamers are. Um, Because I mean, let's face it, we don't want to be in a situation, especially say you're in your final four in your league and you don't have the fab or you don't have the waiver waiver priority, you don't want the guy you're playing picking up the smash spot DST, you know, that he's going to utilize against you. So look ahead because in my mind, just as important as, um, you know, picking up that backup running back, you could be picking up a DST and, and you will play them in a couple of weeks 
over that, you know, middling wide receiver four or five. So with that being said, um, you know, for anyone listening, you can go out to fancyforesight.com, check out the foresight encyclopedia tab. Um, I started this week. I have just a, a list of quarterback streamers, DST streamers for weeks 13, 14, 15, 16. I'm going to update this list each week you know, until we hit the end of the season. Um, Cause there might be, you know, uh, quarterbacks or DSTs that I think maybe we should take away. Maybe we want to add, but as it stands now, um, you know, I have how, what their roster rates are and what their matchup is, you know, moving forward. And these are guys that um, I do want to say as a quick disclaimer with the quarterbacks, you'll notice that some of the roster rates, they're a little higher than what I normally would allow when it comes to my spec stashes. But I think, uh, you know, Jay, Ben, you guys will probably both agree in the more competitive fantasy savvy leagues. These guys are readily available right now. You can go pick them up. I think the roster rates are higher because in the more casual leagues, people happen, you know, people sometimes roster three quarterbacks. So, you know, the roster rates are a little higher, but um, I'm just going to go over week 13 for time purposes. And like I said, for anyone interested, if you want to see weeks 14, 15, 16, just head over to our website and check that out. And like I said, I'll keep that updated uh, throughout the rest of this fantasy season. So uh, week 13 quarterback streamers, I actually have three guys that looking at it right now, and this is just looking ahead to next week. If you're fighting for your playoff life, uh, Jared Goff, uh, quarterback, Los Angeles Rams. He has, you know, it's on the road, but he has a nice matchup against the Cardinals. Uh, Goff's actually been playing relatively well recently. Uh, still has a little bit of the turnovers, but, you know, he's putting up the yardage, putting over, putting up the touchdowns. And, you know, it's the Cardinals. It's definitely a, a defense you can throw the ball against. And more importantly, you just look at, you know, game script. It should be a pretty fancy um, favorable game script against that team. A lot of points should be scored. And then next up, Derek Carr, quarterback, Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, you know, he's going on the road. It's a long road trip, but he's playing the Jets. And the Jets, surprisingly this season, they've been relatively decent against the run. But uh, they're so injury little, riddled and terrible against the pass. That is a team that, you know, you make it easy on yourself you throw the ball against the Jets. So, you know, he's another guy that, you know, I like in a streaming situation for week 13, if you have to go that route. And then uh, surprisingly, Taysom Hill, still available in about half a leagues out there, uh, quarterback of the New Orleans Saints. We just saw him have a very lovely fantasy game against the Atlanta Falcons, and that's who he plays again next week. Uh, you know, I think at the very least, he's going to give you a safe floor. He's not going to torpedo you if you're streaming quarterbacks. Um, but he certainly has that rushing upside. And, you know, I'll say this. I really like the fact, even though they didn't throw the ball very much, I like that almost half his targets went to Michael Thomas because it worked out pretty well for Michael Thomas and Taysom Hill. Um, so if that continues to be the case, I, you know, I really like that. So I think all three of those guys are people that should be on your radar if you're if you're playing that streaming game or, you know, I don't know who you're starting at quarterback right now. But if you look at their matchup and it's brutal, uh, consider one of those guys now real quick, Steve, you, I do just want to interject. You had said that Goff is playing the Cardinals. Uh, he's actually playing the 49ers. I, I don't think it changes any of the concepts you're talking about, but just, you know, I don't, I don't know if it was a misspeak or if you weren't aware, just, just so you know, he's playing the 49ers this week. 
No, I meant for next week. Oh, I'm sorry. Forgive me. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. So, yeah, again, this is like just stashing guys. Like, so you yep. aren't going to start them this week, but you'll you'll roll them out for next week. And then <laughs> for a second there, I'm like, that might be the most egregious. I, I've had a time or two where I've missed something, but that's, you know, that's me trying to multitask and uh, you no. know, half half hearing what you said. For yeah, no. my apologies. No, no worries, brother. I always appreciate the uh, the lookout. And then, as far as DST streamers, there's really only one that you know is pretty readily available that like stands out for me for week thirteen that you'd want to stash, and that's uh, the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, they're only rostered in 40% of leagues. And that's despite they have a you know pretty solid matchup this week, actually. But next week, they are at home hosting the New York Giants and turnover machine, Daniel Jones. And, uh, you know, the, the way I look at it, I think this late in the season, when I am looking at DSTs that I want to deploy in my lineup, I want them to be playing bad offenses on teams with bad records, with nothing to play for, with hopefully a turnover-prone or young quarterback. And, you know, Daniel Jones fits both those bills when it comes to the quarterback part. And uh, I'd say this team, they still have a like a pulse when it comes to that sad division they play in. But I think by the time, you know, we get to next week, it's just going to be one of those where all those guys, they're just making that road trip. They just want to get out of there. And uh, Seattle's going to be able to do their thing. So really like the Seattle Seahawks. But uh, so that's what I got as far as, you know, quarterbacks, DSTs, you might want to go ahead and stash looking forward to next week. And, um, you know, like I said, uh, head out to our website, check out the other uh, folks I have listed and um, I'll keep updating that throughout the rest of the year. Love it, Steve. It's the, like I said, it's my favorite segment on the podcast every week. And you know, it's, it's just a, it's a really fun, like scratch off lottery ticket type of game within the game of fantasy football uh, to just be able to go and, you know, flex that last bench spot on your roster and see if you hit big, you know, you know, you, you might, you might stash and dash for two games, two time slots, and then you're done because the right thing happened, and now you're done. You want mm-hmm. that guy, and uh, you don't have to stash and dash anymore. You don't have to go out on the waiver wire yeah. next week. I, I love the segment because like he, when he starts, I just sit back, grab my phone, and I'm like, all right, who am I going to go scoop <laughs> up real quick in all my leagues? <laughs> well, and, and I, I do want to add, I think we're late enough in the season that when we do talk about that gamesmanship aspect, there is nothing wrong with – just because you have a defense, like, hey, if you have uh, the Baltimore Ravens, Pittsburgh Steelers, and I don't, you know, whatever the case may be, you don't need any of those defenses or you don't need that quarterback. Look at who you're playing next yeah. week. Yeah. And if they, if you think there's an inkling that, oh, well, this, you know, Jared Goff, someone's going to go out and get him next week. Oh, it's probably going to be the guy I'm playing. Go get him if you have a bench spot because don't don't let the guy who's going to play you have that advantage. Yes, so always be look always be looking ahead and you know if anything you just you know block the hell out of people if you can. So right. do what you got to do to get those wins. You got it. Good stuff, man. Under an hour, nice, nice, compact episode, jam packed with a lot of good information. Uh, you know, it was a fun episode, guys, and hope everybody has a happy Thanksgiving out there. Uh, yeah, you too, and uh, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Uh, I, I do want to say uh, before we head out, Ben, 
you know, I, I it's not premature, but you're all but assured a playoff spot in the Scott Fish Bowl. So uh, don't put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. We got one more week. <laughs> you have one more week. This is the final week of the regular season. Ben is currently, I believe, seven and four. If I'm not correct, uh, one nice. game behind the leaders, eight games automatically grants you a playoff win. He's also got an 80 point cushion on the points side to get him in the playoffs, so he's sitting pretty. I, on the other hand, I need a good scoring week to get in. I've been holding on to the last playoff spot for a couple weeks now, but uh, I need a I need a mighty nice scoring week to uh, to get back in and make the playoffs. Yeah, I'm holding out hope that, uh, you know, uh, good old Coach Flores down there in Miami comes to his senses and and, and reignites that magic that is Ryan Fitzmagic. Because <laughs> that would go no a long kidding. way in this two-quarterback league uh, that uh, where my, my cornerstone at that position is Ryan Tannehill man. and Gardner Minshew. He so and, he and Tyrod <laughs> Taylor can go cry over beers of how how they Ooh. run into every poor situation everywhere they go and just get and screwed s- out of a starting job. And speaking of journeyman quarterback, you got Mike Glennon starting for Jacksonville this week, man. Oh, man. Boy, am I glad I have the Browns defense in our league of record. Yes, you are. Hey, hey guys. Sorry. Really quick. One last thing before we head out here. I, I... I was looking at this right before we got on, and because you brought it up, Ben, Mike Glennon, and because we have Foresight Jay here, who we know loves him some Nick Foles. Mm. Mike Glennon got benched in 2017 for Chicago's Mitchell Trubisky, who got benched this year for Nick Foles, um, who got benched last year for Gardner Minshew, who got replaced by Luton, Lutton, sorry, who is now benched in favor of Glennon. (laughs) It's all all full circle, baby. (laughs) Yeah, it is. My goodness. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, that that is the life as a journeyman NFL quarterback for sure. Uh, but yeah, great episode, guys. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will be back with you one week from tomorrow, next Thursday night, uh, to do this all again. We'll review our accuracy from the previous week, go over a whole new list of buys and sells, and go over Steve Stash and Dash series for pretty much the playoffs. It's going to be fun. Have a have a great, healthy, safe Thanksgiving, everybody, and we will see you next Thursday. Can't wait. That wraps up this episode of Fantasy Foresight, the podcast. We thank you for joining us. Be sure to visit us, as always, at FantasyForesight.com. Use the links at the bottom of the page to find us across social media, including Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and wherever you pod. We hope you enjoyed the episode, and we'll see you next time.